Hey gang, welcome back to the Let's Level Up podcast. I am your host, Rick Perez, and today it's just me. Just little old me, you know? Just the guy from San Angelo, Texas, looking to tell you all about the cool games I'm playing lately. Uh, we haven't done an episode of the podcast by myself in a while. In fact, I think we've only ever done one in the entire history of this channel. Uh, and that was the first one. So it's um, I want to try to do something like this um, monthly, maybe, um, to give guests a break and uh, just to be able to... Um, tell you my thoughts on some things that are kind of on my mind as we go through this uh, this crazy journey. So, um, yeah, that's where we are today. <laughs> um, go to our website, letslevelup.net, and take a look at our Halloween game giveaway. We are giving away a copy of Fireside Games Bloodsuckers, which is out of print, um, because I messed up and bought another copy when I already had one. So this thing is straight in shrink still and it is an excellent game that pits slayers versus vampires for control of the city uh, you'll go through day and night phases and you'll be able to equip awesome items and it is a uh, really cool asymmetric card game um, not necessarily every, uh, one side is attacking and one side is defending they're basically both attacking um, but you can you can look at the slayers kind of as defending because they want to protect their town from the from the undead vampire scourge that is descending upon them but uh, it's it's not it's a bit different. So uh, check it out if you want a copy of the game. Go to our website, letslevelup.net. Look for the Halloween game giveaway, and we'll be shipping this to you. One lucky winner. All you have to do is follow us on YouTube to enter. Um, yeah, go to our channel, letslevelup.net, and then you'll be able to uh, subscribe there and also follow us on Twitch. We recently made affiliate status. Finally. Um, I say finally. Um, I didn't really ever even know about the affiliates or anything. Cause I never. I've always just streamed as a hobby. Uh, but now that we have a little bit more time on our hands, um, we're looking to do some more. Um, I think a little bit more standard streams that you're seeing out there, rather than just me um, streaming for a couple hours every now and then. Uh, looking to fill that up with some tabletop content and even doing some more things with friends online like we did Skyfall the other day or excuse me Spyfall the other day um, that was a lot of fun so yeah let's let's dive right into it what we're playing right now well this is being recorded Thursday October 25th and tomorrow when this episode debuts Red Dead Redemption 2 Will be coming out and I'll be playing that on the Xbox One X and I'm really really excited about it. I was a big fan of Red Dead Revolver and a huge fan of Red Dead Redemption and I'm really really excited about getting out back in the old west and uh, seeing this awesome universe that Rockstar has created for us. Um, and I know that there's a lot of people right now who are a bit, you know, upset with the business practices or whatnot, but I'll say this. Um, there are definitely people in that industry who work way too hard and do not get compensated the way they deserve. Um, something's got to give there. Uh, but I would, I would never suggest boycotting a product that so many awesome people spent so long working on and put so much blood, sweat, and tears in. Um, and plus, it's, it's, it's going to be an awesome game, I think. Everything I've seen so far just looks absolutely incredible. So I'll let you know how I like it um, in the next couple weeks as I get more hours into it. Uh, right now I haven't played it at all yet. Um, I have got a chance to play the Fallout 76 Break It Early testing application, or the Fallout 76 beta as we call it. And uh, I'm a little miffed in a couple things, but let me start by saying I love the game. 
it is it is so fun. My son and I uh, each rolled a couple characters and um, started our journey into uh, West Virginia, and it is uh, one of the coolest Fallout worlds I think that's been built yet. Um, I can't wait to see some of the more wastelandy areas because right now it's um, it's really nice, nice and wooded. Uh, just a bunch of uh, uh, radiated uh, creatures walking around, giant ticks looking to suck your blood. Uh, the camp system is incredible. The perk card system is really, really fun. Um, I'm really, really enjoying the RPG elements of it so far. And uh, there's even a... Um, having only played three or four hours, I'm trying to think of what we played on the first day uh, because it's the only day the beta has been available to us. Um, there was a lot of story involved as well, which is super interesting because... Basically, all the NPCs are dead already, so our uh, ways of communicating with them are either by listening to holotapes uh, that were previously recorded or interfacing with some sort of robotic or computer programs out there, uh, which is which is really cool. But it, and it's and it's really cool the way that they are able to craft a story for us to immerse ourselves in. Um, a bit of a spoiler uh, here, but I was playing a bit, and it's in the first hour or so of the game, so feel free to. Uh, to skip ahead in the next five minutes or so, or just uh, or just bear with me here. Uh, but when I got to the one of the first little towns outside of the Vault 76, um, I found a refrigerator, and the refrigerator was um, it was in an old tavern, and uh, or like a diner of some sort, and uh, the refrigerator was locked. So I picked the lock. Um, feel awesome because I got it my first try, and um, in it was a, a, a body that was locked inside this refrigerator. Now, the refrigerator was chained shut, uh, but the body had a holotape on it. And when you listen to the holotape, you basically hear this guy pleading for his life for somebody to let him out of this fridge. And uh, unfortunately, I was able to do that, but way too late because it looks like he had been there for a couple years. Um, In it, he also describes where he has kept his life savings. Uh, and he uh, gives you details on how to go find that treasure. Uh, so if you stop what you're doing, head over to and follow the instructions in the holotape, you can find some really cool stuff. Another holotape, basically him saying uh, the world is going to be his oyster and he's not going to do anything stupid moving forward, and here's all his stuff, and uh, yeah. And then he ends up dead in the refrigerator. And it just really made me... Uh, my mind kind of wander and kind of immerse myself into that experience of, of uh, putting myself in that character's shoes. And I think it was really cool and a really cool story. And uh, I really hope that the game um, uh, proceeds to tell more stories like that. Um, there are some, there are some issues right now. It's beta, right? So we're expecting not a super polished application. Um, some of the pathing on the event uh, escort quest was really, really wonky. Mr. Messenger specifically, uh, event quest was uh, really bad. Uh, we got kicked out of the server. My son Regan got kicked out once by himself, and then the whole server kind of glitched out for a minute or so, uh, but we were able to get back in and play a bit more. Um, what kind of upsets me here, and this is probably my own um, ignorance with the application, is that... Um, the beta is not live, right? The beta, they have scheduled times where you can come in and play the beta. So um, Tuesday, they had it for four hours or five hours, I don't remember what, up and running. This Saturday, they're going to have it for two hours, and Sunday, they're going to have it for two hours. And those are the published times they have so far. So I really hope they kind of they flip that switch and uh, let more people experience it for longer periods of time. 
uh, and I hope they aren't controlling it. I hope they're controlling it this way so that way they can release um, um, calculated patches to fix any bugs that they're finding, um, rather than doing like a weekly release or whatever their whatever their sprint may be, uh, and and working on this application. Um, uh, I hope it's not because they're really wanting to prevent people from reaching the end game uh, in the couple of weeks the beta is going to be out before the game launches. Um, I hope there's a lot of content to hear. And everything that we've been told, there is there's tons and tons and hours and hours of content. Uh, so I'm a, I'm a little upset because I felt um, a little bit uh, misled in terms of the beta. I pre-ordered the game to get beta access. And um, if all I get is a couple hours a week on it, I'll be a little upset. So hopefully this turns around in the next couple weeks, and I'll let you know how that's going. Um, but yeah, the game's, game's awesome. The perk card system's really great. And the, the idea of putting one attribute point in on one of your special stats every level, and then basically having that uh, unlock more cards that you can slot into that and getting card unlocks throughout the game is really cool. The camp system is incredible. Being able to put your mobile camp anywhere in the game uh, is great and even move it. Um, I still don't know yet if you, when you move it if you lose your structures or not or how that works. Uh, we didn't get a chance to actually test that. So um, Again, I can't wait to get back in there. Saturday, it's going to be awesome. I look forward to playing both hours Saturday and Sunday. Uh, so yeah, that can't come soon enough for us. Um, we're also on the tail end of Red Dead Redemption uh, 2. So um, I wonder how many of the beta players from Fallout 76 are going to be busy playing Rockstar's new Opus. And that could be that could be pretty telling. So, yeah, lots of cool stuff in the video game world. Uh, Essen is going on right now in the tabletop world. And uh, a lot of my friends and uh, some, some of my dear, dear friends in the industry are there this week. Um, either selling games or, or showing off games or uh, just attending the show to have fun. Um, so check out... Uh, Check out the the One Tars uh, YouTube channel. She, Tiffany Ralph has been a guest on the show before. Um, she, I believe, should be making a few content videos. She usually does at big shows like this, and she's got a pretty great eye uh, for awesome games. Uh, her and Steve do so. Uh, there should be some great stuff there. Uh, our good friend Hunter Shelburne over at Pandasaurus Games now uh, is there uh, showing off Nyctophobia and a few of their other uh, games in their catalog. So looking forward to that. And then, of course, Mr. Talk Scott Morris there at uh, GTS Distribution. Uh, they've got a ton of stuff always. So uh, I'm excited for Keyforge. That's what I'm looking forward to most in the tabletop gaming world. I really love this idea. Um, I love card games. I love Magic. Magic the Gathering may be one of the greatest games ever created. Um, and, I mean, I, I don't know if you can argue that in terms of sales, in terms of longevity. The game is, um, <clears throat> what, 25, 27 years old now? Something like that. And uh, or nearing 30. And it's just, it's just really awesome, the fact that it's still... It gets five releases a year, something crazy like that, or four releases a year. Uh, it's just incredible how that game still is in there and it's and it gets better uh every set introduces new cool mechanics or brings back old favorites and keeps the game really fresh the problem with magic and and it's, it's only a problem um because funds are a little tight um is that you're constantly there is an established meta in that game when a set comes out or a block comes out um there are decks that 
there are brilliant people who have put together and just they're hard to beat. So oftentimes when you're playing local scenes, you're playing against an established meta, right? You have the person who's gone out and bought or acquired all the cards uh, to bit the best deck, and then everyone else is basically building decks to try to beat that deck. And um, it gets a, a little boring, at least in our local scene. It was a little boring for me to see so many people adopt uh, whatever decks were winning in the big tournaments at that time. And that's all you saw played. And people would um, almost take credit for it in our local community. Like, oh, I'm playing uh, mid-range green or whatever the, whatever the name of the deck is. And um, there's no original thought there behind building those decks. So what if you took uh, the designer of Magic and you created a whole new way to play a trading card game or a collectible card game? And that's what Keyforge is. Uh, in Keyforge, there are several different houses in the game. And um, what's really awesome about this is that when you buy into the game, you buy a deck. This is a procedurally generated deck. And there are millions and millions, and I, I may even have even heard the B word, billions of combinations of decks. So there will be no two decks that are printed the exact same. And that's something special for for a guy like me. Um, that is incredibly refreshing. Um, I forget how many cards are in the first set, um, but basically you have a combination of three decks. I believe the deck you, you buy is divided into third. Excuse me, a uh, three houses, and the deck you buy is divided into thirds. Uh, so Mars uh, is a faction. It looks like a little uh, green, uh, a green man. Um, you know your typical alien head. Um, there's a couple other really cool assassins. They have kind of core mechanics. So, um, whereas you associate uh, blue with control in Magic, um, there'll be a house that is kind of heavy on control, I'm sure. Um, and there's a lot of really cool stuff there. Um, there's going to be a a two decks that are, everyone's going to be able to have access to, and those are the two decks that come stock in the two-player. Uh, learn to play starter kit, right? So those two decks are going to be the exact same, and I'm sure they're going to show off. Uh, each deck is going to have three of the houses there to kind of show you the basic concepts, and then from there, whenever you buy, and I think that's something like $25 MSRP or something like that. It's relatively cheap to get get a game. Then you're going to get a uh, option to buy additional decks, and these are all procedurally generated. They're going to have a unique uh, card that identifies them, and along with the um, uh, the card that shows you all the contents of the deck, um, uh, sort of like a deck list there that's built into it already. And then from there, that's it. And those are $9.99, I believe. With less than $10, you get a way to buy into a game, and that's all you have to buy. $10. Get you in the game, and now every time they're going to build out an expansion, right? That's gonna that's gonna multiply the the number of possibilities even further. Let's say they add another house uh, next year, three new houses next year, and they've already got ten. They went from ten possibilities uh, combinations to thirteen, uh, and new mechanics and everything. So it's really going to be incredible. Um, the game itself, you're trying to build these keys, and if you can build enough keys before your opponent does, you win the game. And then there, I believe there are other victory conditions as well, um, depending on your house, maybe, or maybe depending on cards that you acquire, or you have in your deck, rather. Um, again, I, I've yet to play it, uh, but I have watched a lot of video on it, and uh, man, it's going to be so cool. Uh, I've got friends that love card games and love the strategy, but they, they really don't like putting the hours into deck building. 
There's no deck building in this game. You buy the deck for ten bucks, you and you get to play the game, uh, and it's going to play a lot quicker than something like Mage Wars Arena. Uh, in it, that there was there was there's a lot of deck building opportunity in Mage Wars, but you didn't really have that um, that cycle. It's almost to its its um, downfall. I'm I'm hearing now that Mage Wars has got a couple new expansions coming out. We're finally going to get a Frost mechanic. Uh, it just feels like it's a few years too late. Uh, which really sucks because I absolutely loved that game. It was it was my favorite tabletop game for a long time, and I'm really looking I'm looking forward to the expansions if it comes out. But uh, it's one that hasn't made the table in a year or something like that, just because I can't get people to play it with me um, because it's a little bit more involved. Keyforge is going to be super accessible. It's designed by Richard Garfield himself. You know, uh, you know, Richard Garfield of Magic the Gathering, King of Tokyo, uh, probably one of the most sex- successful designers of all time in the in this um, space. So, yeah, looking forward to that. Keep your eyes on Key Forge; it's going to be great. Um, I-, I can't say enough awesome things about it because I don't know. I'm j- I'm just super stoked on it. <laughs> I think it's going to be really cool. Um, yeah, and I look forward to anybody listening to this in the San Angelo area that wants to play. Hit me up on Twitter at Let's Level Up. And uh, or even in the the, the greater um, you know Concha Valley West Texas area, I don't mind driving uh, an hour or so if it means getting a good day of gaming in. So let me know. Uh, really looking forward to KeyForge. Can't wait. I'm gonna buy the two player starter set. We'll probably review that on the channel, and then uh, I'll probably buy a couple other decks to start with and kind of get my feet wet until I find the the right type of houses that I play. Uh, in Magic, I play a lot of. Um, uh, of like weenie ramp decks, um, you know, uh, you play small creatures and buff them up, uh, so they become super big and kind of a flood or, or like have a horde um, approach to taking over your enemies. Um, I also like control, so I wouldn't mind a splash of control in there, and uh, uh, some burn as well for um, which I, I basically I play burn just like control, uh, but maybe even some more direct damage uh, type things or, or you know within KeyForge itself could be cool. Um, yeah, so I'm looking forward to people's reactions to that. If you're at Essen right now, um, or you went to Essen, you got a chance to play it and get your hands on it, or Gen Con, I believe they had some stuff there, hit us up. What'd you think? Because I can't, I can't wait to play it. It really is. It's something I think about quite a bit um, every week, and, and uh, I believe the release is just early, early November, I think. I hope. Somebody please. Somebody please at Fantasy, uh, at a... Uh, Fantasy Flight, get me some Keyforge in my life because I need it. All right, moving on to uh, a different topic. Uh, you guys know, if you guys know me, you know I'm a, I'm a big wrestling dork. I love it. It's so silly. And uh, on the show, Lance and I kind of um, um, talked about wrestling a bit. And I wanted to um, just talk about a couple things that are going on right now that I think are worth mentioning. Um, the first of which is... Uh, Roman Reigns, uh, he is 33 years old and uh, just relinquished the Universal Championship because his leukemia um, that he apparently he's been living with for the last 11 years is back. And um, to give you guys a little, <clears throat> to give you guys a little context there, uh, my father, when I was born, I, uh, he was 31. Um, two years later, he passed. In, in 1986 uh, from leukemia and um, for the people that know um, he went from very very healthy to um, to deceased 
uh, in I think less than a year's time. I think it was ten months after he he found out he had it. I may be wrong on the dates there. I try not to think about it too much, <clears throat> but um, the thought of this this I mean basically wrestlers are superheroes, right? You have superheroes and supervillains, and they're and they're so incredibly over the top and cheesy. And you got a guy like Roman who has been universally um, to to the Smarks audience, anyways. My kids like him, right? I know, I know, and the ladies love him. Um, and and casual fans may not may not know enough to to know, but um, uh, he was basically doomed by um, by CM Punk on the, his way out uh, when they told stories about him and how the the WWE uh, were basically going to force this guy onto the audience, which made all, almost immediately him start getting negative reactions, and uh, that never really went away. People people were were constantly critical of his move set, saying that it was kind of boring. Uh, even when he started to adopt other like pretty sweet moves, like he, I think he did a, a does a modified Razor's Edge. It is really cool. I think uh, Razor's Edge into a power bomb, uh, which is super super good and uh, just so strong. Um, you got guys like Finn Balor and Chris Jericho and these these really respected uh, people, Daniel Bryan, who have gone on the record and said that uh, that Roman's one of the best guys to work with in ring. Because they feel so safe, they know they can do things, and Roman's gonna make it, make sure that they don't get hurt. Um, but I was one of those guys too, man. He he didn't have the might skills. It was it was painful someday seeing him trying to cut a promo, and to see that strap on him, and to think of guys like um, some of my favorites, um, Tyler Breeze and Ty Dillinger and Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn and uh, Shinsuke Nakamura and all these awesome people who, uh, to a casual person, can be looked as getting overlooked uh, in the talent pool because they have a ton of talent, but they don't get that. They haven't got that cycle where they're on their up end of the card and they're winning matches and they're able to build credibility with an audience uh, because... Week after week, we see the same thing. We see Roman Reigns in a match with Braun Strowman. Roman Reigns in a match with um, uh, Goldberg or whatever legend they're bringing back at the time, and it just, it just stunk, man. And I hated, I hated seeing him on my screen. And I would, I would roll my eyes when I saw him out there. Um, Seth gets on an incredible hot streak as a babyface. Seth's heel work. <laughs> Seth Rollins' heel work was a thing of beauty. When you go back and look at the authority Seth Rollins stuff, when he was dual champion, um, IC or was it was it IC? I think it maybe no, it was US champion and um, WWE world champion at the same time when he beat John Cena. Thanks to John Stewart's interference, but that whole thing with J and J security and uh, getting the authority back into power. And um, him saying he was going to kill Edge, <laughs> and it just uh, that whole thing. He was such an incredible heel champ um, that it it hurt him. Whenever he decided to Kobe, he when he hurt his knee, and he came back babyface um, against Triple H, he didn't have the audience behind him. It took a while uh, for him to start building up some momentum, and then here he comes, and he's basically crushing it week after week just putting on amazing matches uh he did the iron man match on raw they followed that up the next week with a gauntlet match on raw and he was basically wrestling on raw for two hours and in two weeks and that is something that people just don't get to do um 
But then they start bringing back the shield, right? And then you, you look at Roman, you look at that story that they're telling, and it's the story of brotherhood and triumph, and it's just awesome. Um, and then Dean gets hurt, and then kind of everything gets sidelined again, and it sucks. Now Dean's back, and um, they've been teasing the breakup again, right? And uh, Roman announces Monday that he's got to, he's got to, he's got to let it go. He's got to go fight this battle. And um, man, I really, I thought about my dad. I thought about. Um, you know my mom and uh, uh, all my all my dad's family, and to think that Roman's 33 and uh, is battling this disease um, that he's had for a while, and my dad passed from that same disease when he was 33, it just really really makes me want to see that guy beat this thing and come back. Um, and I'll tell you this: the way that uh, I think the the entire wrestling community has. Um, kind of thrown their hat in Roman's corner now. Uh, at least the Smarks. There wasn't a Smark in this room, uh, or maybe even listen to this thing, that would have said that they would root for Roman Reigns ever. I mean, it was just a... I used to tease buying... <laughs> I used to tease my buddy Josh about buying him a Roman Reigns t-shirt just because we both thought it was just... He was so bad, and you know. And um, if and when he comes back, uh, he could have one of the best babyface pops I maybe ever. If he comes back and he, and he, especially if he comes back and he saves one of the old Shield guys, or he comes back and helps out the Usos somehow, some some family related, um, or comes back and, and challenges the big bad at that time, whoever that if that's going to be Braun Strowman or Samoa Joe or, or shoot even Lesnar, Lord forbid, oh, that'd be a scary thought, wouldn't it? Yeah. Anyway, so we're really pulling for Roman. Um, it sucks. I mean, actually, it made me pretty emotional the other day uh, when I, I don't know, I was watching and uh, hearing the announcement. I just uh, I didn't really know how to quite address that. And uh, man, I hope he's okay. I know he's not ever gonna listen to this thing, but uh, if you do, Roman, uh, you know we're rooting for you, buddy. So good luck and uh, beat this thing. Uh, on to more cheerful news. Uh, we have the first ever. All women's pay-per-view coming up Sunday, this Sunday. WWE Evolution on the network uh, kicking off at 7 p.m. Eastern, I think, with a kickoff show. Um, I think it was, I'm looking at this website here. Kickoff show is on CBS Sports and includes a red carpet special. <laughs> okay. I, I mean, a lot of those, a lot of those ladies are models and really like that kind of stuff. Um, all right, whatever. Yeah, I'm not. I won't pretend to understand why that's a thing, but uh, hopefully they have a blast doing it. Um, let's go. Let's go through the. Let's go through and make some predictions. All right, I'm usually pretty bad at this. Uh, so we have the uh, 2018 May Young Classic Finals. Uh, Io Shirai, Shiri, Shirai, Io Shirai, Io Shirai. I think it's Io Shirai uh, versus Tony Storm. Um, I think Tony Storm's gonna win only because last year they had Kyrie Sane win, um, and um, I don't know, and I don't I don't know if the WWE will will do back to back Asian Asian champions like that. Um, uh, people say that Io is one of the best uh, women's wrestlers on the planet. I haven't seen a lot of her stuff from from New Japan or in, from the Indies. Um, 
uh, I, I've seen some of the gifts and some of her highlights that look pretty impressive. Uh, she's looked just okay on the Mae Young Classic. I don't know what is uh, what stopped her from uh, from really showcasing some of the uh, some of the highlight stuff that I've seen. But um, Tony Storm has been great, and she was great in last year's Mae Young Classic. And I think moving forward for the UK NXT UK division, uh, you want a very strong presence, a female presence there, and I think Tony Storm may be that presence. And then in a couple years' time, I wouldn't be surprised to see her uh, alongside Aussie Brethren Iconics uh, in SmackDown or something like that, and then uh, tearing it up there as well. Uh, she seems like a good, uh, almost like an anti-Becky Lynch in a lot of ways, which could be cool. Um, I love Becky, by the way. Um, so yeah, my pick is going to be Tony Storm is going to win this thing. Um Okay, uh, next we have a six-person tag. Sasha Banks and Bailey, the boss and hug connection, which is... Uh, I don't know what's up right now with WWE and these just awful tag team names. It's just the worst. Get it? You know, there, there are tag teams out there um, that have clever names. Um, there are tag teams out there that have freaking awesome names. The Revival is an incredible tag team name, right? Dash and Dawson, the revival, um, they're just they're just great, um, and they're great heels. But the, the the name's not a play off their name or a play off their individual gimmicks. It's just they are the revival. They're they're here to revive tag team wrestling. That's what they do. Um, the New Day, you know, they have just a faction. It, it was just it was just so incredible. Uh, they didn't call it the, the the Jamaican and the gamer or whatever their whatever Kofi uh, gimmick was at the time and and Big E. I mean, they didn't play off their gimmicks. They had a an identity as a team, not two individuals. And so, Sasha and Bailey, I think if if they're gonna do this this women's tag division, which I'm expecting we're gonna hear about, uh, maybe even at Evolution or even on the pre-show. Um, I would expect it to come, and I expect some solid tag teams to come out of that because they have a really deep, they have the deepest women's division they've ever had when you look at all the brands, and including NXT and, and UK and the Mayon Classic, and there's just no there's no reason to kind of phone this in. Um, besties for business. Jeez, uh, Lita and, and um, Trish Stratus uh, is another one of those tag team names. Just awful. It's just, uh, why do that? Just call Lita and Trish. They don't need a. They don't need a stupid name. Uh, it's like the it's mixed match challenges doing the exact same thing. Uh, awful, just awful names all around. Okay. Sasha Banks, Bailey, and Natalia versus the Riot Squad. Now, I would say that this should probably just be Sasha and Bailey versus the Riot Squad for the tag team championships. Um, but Natty needs Natty needs a prominent spot on this pay per view for everything that she has done to carry the women's division for as long as she's had. Um, I'm not talking about post evolution, right? I'm talking about uh, all the divas crap before that. I mean, her and AJ uh, and Natalia being instrumental in helping people like Charlotte get started and get over. Um, she's done that for the last few years and she was awarded the women's championship. Um, I, I think because of that too. And it was just an awesome moment. Um, so Natty deserves it. Uh, the right squad are great, uh, great, great live workers. If you've never seen Liv and Sarah Logan, uh, and of course, Ruby, Riot. Ruby Riot's great. Uh, she deserves a championship. 
Um, and I think the Riot Squad would go a lot, a lot further as far as their credibility. Um, if you put a women's championship on Ruby Riot and you have the other two there, uh, maybe even as a tag champ someday. But um, that that faction needs some gold. More factions need more gold uh, because it doesn't make sense to have a faction of three people when you've got somebody like Braun Strowman or Brock Lesnar or Ronda Rousey who can just destroy an infinite number of opponents. Um, it takes it takes that out and it, and it kills. Uh, a lot of the momentum those individual competitors will have moving forward as well. Uh, so this match, gosh, I would love to say the Riot Squad's going to win, but I just don't see it happening. Uh, Sasha Banks, Bailey, and Natalia have the edge here in my book. Uh, the next up, we've got the Women's Battle Royal. I don't even know who all is competing in this thing. Um, but I'm going to go on a limb and say that I'm going to go on the limb and say Asuka's going to win this this battle royal. Uh, even though she, she probably won't, I think Asuka needs a big... Um, she's been in a weird spot right now because the Becky and Charlotte thing's been so huge. Um, to me, there's, there's no reason Asuka should be on the sidelines as, as much as she has been. Um, I, I, I love the stuff that she does with him is, and I love how cute and quirky she is. Uh, but I absolutely loved the vicious killer Oscar. Um, even those, even those squash matches she had back in NXT, um, that was incredible. And, um, when she, when the streak was broken by Charlotte, I, I didn't feel like it deserved to be Charlotte. I'm not a big Charlotte fan. Um, I say that she, in the ring, Charlotte's great. She does a lot of cool stuff. Uh, but man, I was I was hoping it was going to be somebody else, and I was hoping that she was going to have a championship, uh, win a championship undefeated, all like Goldberg back in the day. But uh, you know, whatever. So let's let's go ahead and say Oscar's going to win that. If not Oscar, um, I say you put you put somebody over who needs it right now. Um, Dana Brooke is coming to mind. I don't know why. She just separated from Titus Worldwide. She's got a couple wins uh, on television, uh, and it may be good to have her. Or or you do a surprise return and let them win. Um, I don't know. I don't know. I know I, I've heard Molly Holly's name get ton- thrown around. Uh, she is one of the greatest women wrestlers, I think, of all time and uh, could be a great nod uh, for the... Uh, for some of the old legends, like in the like in the Royal Rumble, um, they had some they had some cool spots. So, yeah, so Oscar, maybe somebody like Dana Brooke, or maybe even a um, a, a returning uh, icon like Molly Holly, um, who who to me is is one of the most deserved people in the industry, even though she's been away from it for so long. Um, NXT Championship match: Kyrie Zayn versus Shayna Baszler. I think. I think uh, I think Kyrie retains. I, I I feel like Shayna's time in NXT uh, should be at a at a very quick close, um, and I think I, I think maybe they're waiting on um, uh, Jessamine Duke and uh, Maria or Mariah. I forget what the other lady in the Four Horsemen's name is. Uh, she was Ronda's judo and jujitsu uh, partner for a long time. Um, but I think they deserve. Uh, I, I don't know if they're wanting to bring them up together and have them all ally themselves with Ronda, 
but Rodden is a Haas right now, and I don't think there's any reason to do that. Um, um, to do that moving forward. So I don't know. I don't know if they're still even going to do the four horsewomen in May. Um, but Shayna needs to come up. She is she is a great uh, heel, and um, she'd be a great kryptonite to Ronda Rousey. Uh, and there's an incredible story there. You know, Ronda coached. I, I'm a big MMA fan, um, or was uh, until I started watching wrestling again. Uh, but Ronda coached her on The Ultimate Fighter. Uh, Shayna is a pioneer. She was doing MMA years and years before Ronda ever stepped foot in the in the in the cage in Strike Force. So if you have uh, Shayna, who's kind of paved the way in MMA for Ronda to come in and kind of take it, and she was here in the WWE way before Ronda came around, and she had to go through NXT, and she had to do all these things that Ronda's been given special treatment time and time again, that would be an incredible turn. Um, maybe if you can you can build that up over a month or so, give them, give them some opportunities. Um, but that has got to be something that comes... Uh, I think a bit naturally, and Ronda needs to be vulnerable, uh, which we have not seen at all yet. Um, so we'll get we'll get into more Ronda stuff here at the end. Uh, but let's see. So Shayna, um, I think I think Kyrie's going to retain. Um, I, I don't I don't see Shayna. I wouldn't be mad at Shayna winning, but I think Kyrie needs to retain. Uh, Trish Stratus and Lita versus Alexa Bliss and Mickey James. Jeez. Uh, I think the legends take this. I think um, I don't. I don't. I don't see any reason why, other than Alexa Bliss being great and Mickey James being amazing uh, at what she's, you know, at her age and what she's doing uh, physically, and um, the fact that she's kind of she's really has come back full time and has been busting her butt um, since she took on Oscar in NXT, and I, I think that her this this new chapter of her career has been awesome. Um, I'd like to see her a little bit more credible and win some matches and, and quit playing the sidekick. So it would be good maybe even to see this this tag team implode whenever Trish and Lita beat them. Um, that'd be cool. Um, and Alexa needs... Alexa's amazing. She's been the best part about Raw's women division for a long time. And it really sucked to see what happened to her in the Ronda matches. Uh, SmackDown Women's Championship, Becky Lynch versus Charlotte Flair. Uh, I'm always going to go with my girl Becky here. She's incredible. And her work that she is doing uh, right now is some of the best ever. Mic-wise, uh, in-ring-wise, the combination of that two, total package, female superstar in the WWE maybe of all time. This 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 run uh, could, could be that. I can't think of another... Uh, Another another female superstar that has been this put together, um, it's been incredible. Her eviscerating edge on SmackDown 1000 was was great. It was absolutely great. Um, yeah, so I'm looking forward to that. Uh, lastly, we have Ronda Rousey versus Nikki Bella. Um, here's what I want to happen. I want the Bellas to win. I'm I'm I um. I, putting the belt on Ronda is a is. I don't want to say it's a slap in the face of the people who've been busting their butts, but it is clearly 
just for publicity. And I understand if it gets more eyes on the product and that allows somebody like Alicia Fox or, or Dana Brooke or um, Mickey James, you know, these people who have been uh, really putting in time uh, for years. Uh, not that Dana Brooke has been has been putting in time for that long because she was in NXT what last year. Uh, Natalia, Natalia is a great example of that. Over a decade or something like that in WWE. Alicia Fox, I mean, the same time like so. I mean, having having people like that struggle for so long, and then to have somebody like Ronda because she's got a name. Uh, kind of come in and get it is is fine. Her her mic skills are terrible as well, although they're improving. I mean, every week I think she does a little bit better on her promos. Uh, but there's got to be some consequence. I am over the unstoppable champion. It is just it is it is so unrelatable to me. And when you've got a two versus one scenario, um, and you've got gosh, she was it. Ronda put two members of the Riot Squad and arm bars at the same time, and I, and I remember just turning or, or changing the channel. She had Sarah Morgan, or Liv Morgan and Sarah, Sarah Logan in a arm bar at the same time. Ridiculous. Sarah Logan's way stronger. I mean, she should have picked her up and body slammed her. I don't know. So anyways, the Bellas, I, I would hate to see Nikki Champion again. Uh, but they need to, they need to beat Ronda. And now whether Ronda walks away champ or not, I think is one thing. Uh, but um, they definitely need to, um, they definitely need to do something. Yeah. So let's say this. Let's say let's say the Bellas uh, retain. That is my picks. Uh, for the first ever WWE All Women's Pay Per View, uh, I'll be watching Sunday. Uh, we'll probably do some tweets about it, so follow us on Twitter. Uh, thank you guys for listening to the show. I certainly appreciate you. And um, and I'll say this: uh, since Lance has been on the show, I've been thinking a lot about what he said for his words of wisdom, and I would like to echo that. Um, it's super important that we put time into the right areas of our lives, the stuff that's really going to matter. And don't let yourself get caught up with your job or with your school or anything like that that's going to make you neglect what's really important to you, your family or whatever that is for you, right? Because you've all got your own thing. Um, And maybe it is your job or maybe it is your school or whatever it is. But at the end of the day, that, uh, you know, it's just you. It's just you and your thoughts. And you don't want to um, have to clock out when it's all said and done and say, dang, I really wish I would have done this with this person instead or told this person this thing. So uh, before it's too late, make sure make sure the people that you love know you love them. And, um, and it's really important. So thank you so much for listening to this episode. Uh, a solo one. Uh, we'll have a guest back for next week and uh, super excited about that. Happy Halloween, everybody. Be safe. We'll see you in November. Until next time, thank you so much and game on. <laughs>